This episode of Shut the Shit Up was recorded before COVID-19 began impacting all of our lives in such a big way. As you listen, please remember that it's also impacting the children at Open Arms Village, and the need is greater than ever. You can give online at openarmsinternational.org. Stories from the village. Whoa, you guys, we are so excited about today's episode. It is all about stories from the village with Open Arms International. We're so excited. We get to share with you about our partners this season, and we actually want to invite you to join us on their mission today. Open Arms, they're an organization in Eldoret, Kenya, and they provide vulnerable children with the hope of the gospel and the love of a family. And you are going to want to stay put to hear how you, I can't believe this, you can possibly get a souvenir from the village, just like Candace and I did when we visited in January. Yeah. Our time when we went was amazing. Jenny, first of all, we were reunited in real life. Yeah. And um, we just couldn't handle ourselves. We were bunk buddies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we experienced lots of chat. We got to talk all lots night long. of talks, lots of talks, yeah. late night, early morning. But more than that, um, we got to experience what a lot of people don't, if I'm honest, is is that ability to see people in their most raw, vulnerable moments and to contribute help. And at the same time, I don't know how it's possible, but every single time when you help and when you're there and when you feel like you're there to give it feels like you get back so much more in return. And I don't even know how that's possible. I don't know. You know, today we are talking about how you should um, consider others like Jesus. And we have the president of Open Arms with us today. Rachel felt called to be a missionary as a little girl. And after receiving her nursing degree from Oral Roberts University, she worked as a staff and charge nurse in the pediatric and neonatal intensive care units. Oh my gosh, those little babies. (laughs) Oh, they're so little. Um, And she worked in several prominent U.S. children's hospitals. In 2002, though, she took a leap of faith and she stepped into full-time ministry. And thus, Open Arms International was born. And she is now fulfilling God's call in her life by living and serving at the village as the president and executive director of Open Arms International Kenya. We are so honored to have Rachel here with us today. So everybody, virtual hand clap. You know, we all do this. And y'all join us because we're going to get straight started in today's show. First thing up, confetti like praise. Rachel, welcome to the show. First of all, thank you. I'm so, so glad to be here. Yay. And we're going to just dive right in. So, you know, confetti like praise. It's a part of the show where we rapid fire the things we are so thankful for throughout the week. But today we're going to talk about the things we're thankful for from the village. Okay. On your mark, get set confetti like praise. Oh, I love the view. The view is like none other at the village. Mm-hmm. The weather is awesome, too. Yes. I'm going to say the humidity. I loved the humidity. Felt moist. It curls my hair. It curls my naturally curly hair. Yes, ma'am. So I like the humidity as well. Yes. Yes. (laughs) 
Um, oh, I thought that was one. Okay. Um, I, was I love to be around the children all the time. Yes. I, when I'm blue, yes. when I'm stressed, I go hang out with the babies and the toddlers. And Aww. that is just my favorite thing to do. I love the church. Oh, church man, service. Time's up. Time's oh, been up, but I want to hear oh. more about the kids. So I was like leaning in like, oh, yes. And amen. Same. Good job, you guys. I love how you led with weather. And now I just want to hear more about those kids. So let's go into our <laughs> next section called We Said What. It really is amazing the things that we tell ourselves that we should and shouldn't do. The things that we constantly play on repeat in our heads. Come on now. What do we say? All right, Rachel, we've got to know. Um, and listen, this isn't just for us to know. This is for our listeners as well. I think the bigger question most of us want to know if we're going to learn anything about you is why? Why did you start Open Arms? You know, when I was a, a girl in Sunday school, I remember hearing a Bible story and then it, it, was, it ended up being about Amy Carmichael, missionary. And I remember hearing that and thinking, I think I was like, I don't know, nine or 10 years old and thinking, I want to be a missionary. Hmm. Um, So it really was a seed that God planted in my life when I was just a child. And so really my my goal was to get on the mission field. Um, And then, you know, a very very serious time in my life and and many kids' lives, they're struggling when they're teenagers. and when I was 16, I, um, I was just really had a difficult home life and I was really struggling. And I remember just crying out to the Lord and saying, you know, life is really hard. And I, you know, even at that age, I tend to be a, a people pleaser and a perfectionist. Um, so it was doubly hard if you're a perfectionist and a people pleaser. And I just really cried out to the Lord and said, I don't, you know, it's just all work and I don't really understand what this is about. And he really spoke to me audibly in that moment, just saying, it's not about you. You got that. It's, that's right. It's not about you. It's about living your life for other people. And so that was another big moment for me where I just knew that I was going to spend my life um, serving other people. God. Well, I don't know about you guys, but she is the perfect woman to have on this episode called You Should Consider Others. So. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it so funny? How God like sets stuff up because just this morning, Rachel, even we were going back and forth, like literally saying, what should we title this one? What should we title this one? Because it's such a fun bonus episode where people get to know about open arms. And and yet we really want to align our shoulds this season with Jesus. And what did he do that was so giving? Should we call it? You should sacrifice. You should give. You should be generous. And God just hit both of us with you should consider others. And then even here, as as you were describing your story, saying, I just knew there was going to be a time where I had to consider others. I knew there was going to be a time. Come on. You can't make this. You you can't make up the way that the Holy Spirit sets things up. Like you just can't do it. It's so good. So true. There's so much we can learn right now. I'm, I know I'm like leaning in on the edge of my seat because you, you've had to sacrifice so much um, doing what you're doing. And we got to see the village and I know we would love to take all the listeners to go see it and see all you've poured poured into it. And um, can you just walk us through when you first started, what was it like at the village when you first started building? Yeah, well, I might even go back a little bit before that. Um, 
because when you're talking about sacrifice, the thing that I find with me, at least, is that the Lord sneaks his will into my life. He doesn't give me the big picture. He gives me pieces of the picture so that I'm obedient. And then all of a sudden I find, you know, my life is totally changed. Um, and so when, when we first started Open Arms, um, officially November 2003, and I was living in, in Manchester, England at the time, and had done a number of different kind of mission trips, um, including to Eldoret, Kenya. In my happy little world, I was going to live in America, and then I was going to go to Africa, you know, a few times a year. But, you know, still live the American dream. Um, and then right away within the first couple of years, um, my passion has always been children. Um, I've always worked with children since I was a child. I, I worked with children. And um, so in the early days, I was um, ministering to street kids and doing medical clinics with street kids. And, um, and I had this moment where I was in Rwanda and all these street kids knew my name. And um, yet I was bringing hope and I was leaving. And then I was bringing hope and I was leaving. And I had this moment where I realized, you know, if you're bringing hope, you need to be and you need to stay and you need to understand the culture that you're working in and you need to be consistent. Um, a lot of, um, a number of mentors that kind of mentored me in Africa saying that, you know, you've, you've got to understand the culture that you're working in. Um, because of course, I mean, goodness, did I make mistakes in those beginning days? Um, because as an American woman, you know, I thought that I was always right. Mm. Surprise! <laughs> um, <laughs> And, and then just really, you know, developing a love and an understanding for people. And so that kind of was the beginning of the end of life as I knew it. So really had a vision for, for rescuing vulnerable children and bringing children into a safe home environment um, and living with them so that I can understand the culture and the needs and so, yeah, so God just kind of rocked my world with the, with the heart for vulnerable, hurting people and, you know, particularly children. And I, um, I'm just such a believer that if you can, just like God captured my heart as a young age and I had a really broken home and a crazy story and he captured, he captured my heart with his love and how he's used me to transform lives and how he can do that in each and every child here. He can transform lives when he, when he captures their hearts. I love how you said that you bring in those that have needs. What do you say even today are your biggest needs at open arms? Well, obviously, you know, when you're caring for a child anywhere in the world, you, you need to provide medical care. You need to provide food and shelter and clothing. Um, you need to provide education. And so, you know, the, the wholeness and the, the whole package that we provide here provides for every, every single need that a child anywhere in the world would have. It doesn't matter if, if it's a child that's living in America, that children here in Kenya have, have the same needs. We provide loving um, Kenyan parents. It's a foster care model. So they sacrifice, you know, they give up their life as they know it and they bring their biological children here and they do get paid to do the job here and live in this big, big family, big home. So each um, couple has 16 to 18 children per home. Wow. 
And the, and the needs are really enormous because it's everything. And we don't really, we don't discriminate. We have HIV positive children. We have children with epilepsy. We have a boy who has sickle cell anemia. We have children that are raised in the baby home and then you find out, oh, they're severely autistic or they have developmental issues. And so we don't discriminate. We, you know, our children are our children and it's the family that we have become together. I love that you point that out because needs can change and needs can be different um, for every child. And I think if you're a parent, you understand that. And um, the fact is, is that you're providing them a family model to be able to give that individualized care. And we've seen that firsthand. I think one of my favorite memories was sitting around dinner tables in these homes with that foster family model, um, really being able to be a part of the table and welcome to the table and seeing how they're, when you're saying needs, you're, you are talking holistically, but man, my biggest thing that I was impressed with was the ability for them to cook that big of a meal, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and it was delicious. (laughs) It was delicious. Yeah. I know that's, it's, that's so true. And we got to, too, um, do devotions with them one night and to see the, the young, even the two and three year old babies were like raising their hands in worship. And I just like the, the faith, I mean, Candace and I were talking when we were there, man, Jesus really is unifying all of us. And Rachel, when you're talking about, um, what it's like, we're talking, I mean, today we're talking about considering others and you just modeled that so perfectly. You're like, we don't discriminate who gets to come to open yeah. arms. We're considering all all people and you really have a heart to help. Can you tell us what was it like? What was the first family like? And I know since then, open arms has expanded. God has blessed it and expanded tremendously. Can you just walk us from the first family to the now families and just what it's what it's been built into? We first started taking in children in 2008. Um, There was a a post-election violence here. And so the first children were literally in a refugee camp. And um, and it was the rainy season and the Red Cross had tents, but the rain was well beyond the tents, you know, and so people were just wet and cold and hungry. And we were going to wait to build buildings. And we just realized, you know, these little mud buildings that we have currently, that's better than living in a wet, cold tent. And so we just started, we literally started with almost nothing except that we had already already had the land. Um, And so, you know, I think as, as time has progressed, there's sadly, you know, it's the breakdown of the family unit in societies. And, you know, the the beautiful thing about the African culture and the African family is the family unit. And when it's working well, it is so gorgeous and so beautiful because extended family members care for one another. You know, everybody just takes care of each other really well. But then you get alcoholism and then, and you get abuse and you get, fathers that leave the family, or you get mothers that leave the family, um, and, and you have severe poverty, um, and the HIV epidemic, you know, is significant because um, children are left orphans, um, or in some cases, like recent cases, um, birth moms who are HIV positive think, I cannot take care of one more child, and, and it's going to be a child that has HIV too, and so they just deliver a baby and they leave the babies, you know, somewhere. So much need. I think there's so much need all over the world. And, you know, this is, the, this is the place that God spoke to me about and said, this is your place. This is, this is your family. And this is where I want you to, to make a difference. 
Um, and I'm, I'm just such a believer in that the future of any broken nation is the children. Mm-hmm. Because once we become adults, we're a little stubborn. <laughs> and, you know, we're a little set in our ways. And if God hasn't been able to get a hold of our hearts, you know, it's, it can happen, yes. But for real transformation, I really believe that it has to come from the young people. Yeah. And that, that, you know, if they do business with integrity, if they become leaders in this nation, that that is really the, the, the progress and the transformation of the nation. And so that's the hope that I always have as my foundation stone when I'm doing this work. I love what you're saying about the kids, Rachel, because you felt called as a young child. Did you say it was nine or 10 when you felt that call? Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, that just makes my mama heart like so on the edge of my seat for my kids because yeah. I'm like, man, God is moving in the younger generation in such a mighty way. And we have opportunity to equip them, empower them, um, give them resources to step into that. And what would you say at the village is, I know you mentioned hanging out with the babies and the toddlers, which Candace and I got to do. And gosh, so cute. What would you say at the village though is, well, I could answer for you because I'm getting excited. But what would you say the biggest resource is that you're equipping the kids with in the village? Oh, I mean, it's of course, it's all about Jesus. It's about just the found, having the right foundation stones. And because that's your fallback, you know, we all waver. You go through adolescence, you know, you question things. But the foundation stones are so solid. And in the homes, as you were saying, you know, they're doing devotions every night. The little tiny ones are praying. They all have their prayer requests. You know, of course, it's the most amazing thing when they go, I pray for Mama Rachel. Oh. You know, it's just the sweetest, the sweetest thing. But, you know, when the foundation is right, whatever comes, whatever storms come later on in life, then we're not wavered, you know, in who we are and in who we are in Christ. And I think that's the other part of it is who are we in Christ? And is there self-confidence and their self-worth, you know, in Christ? I had to have like a big um, counseling session with one of our preteenies today, you know, going through preteen stuff, feeling like everybody hates me. I think I'll go eat some worms. (laughs) Wow. Wow. (laughs) Wow. So like me. Gotcha. But the foundation stone goes back to what she's learned her whole life, which is, you know, the scriptures and the word and what does God say about you? And, yeah. you know, and then, then there's this aha moment. Oh yeah. You know, it, it's not, everybody does hate me because this is what God says about me. Yeah. Um, and so for me, that's the biggest thing that we're instilling in their lives because life can be hard. Storms will come, you know, um, Grief happens, sorrow happens, things happen in life, but we don't have to waver and we can still have our joy in the midst of every circumstance if we know who Jesus is and who Jesus is in us. Mm. You were speaking my language. Absolutely. Defiant joy, a hundred percent. If I ever saw defiant joy out of all the books and the things and the teachings I've ever done in my life, I got to see it on the faces of the children that are in the village. And not just the children, but the ones that are the parents, the the principal at your school. Let me just t- let me just brag on him for a hot minute. He is the epitome of defiant joy. The teachers that you have, I mean, like educators. It, it's just 
you look at the surroundings and you think, my word, there's so much that you've already overcome and that you're still overcoming. And yet the biggest takeaway for me was their smiles, their enthusiasm, their kindness, their sincerity. I mean, mean, like the joy is just, it's elevated the moment that you step foot at the village. And it, it was an honor to see it in real life. Oh, I agree with that. And, you know, for me, like my perspective is rocked so often because people that have so much less, that have so much more need, you know, that are dealing with things that are greater than I'm dealing with, can still come, you know, start out their day with joy and with a smile and, um, and, and knowing that God has still got them and God is still good and he's still going to take care of them and he's still faithful. And I can, I can tell you almost every day, my perspective is renewed again. Wow. Just because of that, just this, the simple joys in life. And I think sometimes, sometimes in the West, we complicate it. You know, I think our, our perspective, even as givers, when we're talking about considering others can be clouded by an arrogance or a, a, a piety saying that, oh, we're so helping these people that are in need. And we forget uh, the fact that poverty is not always a state of condition, but a state of mind. Sometimes I've known many people here in America that have more of a poverty mindset than the people that I have met over in the village. They are wealthy in their minds. And I mean, like they display a heart and a kinship that is full of wealth in this knowledge of God has blessed me and resourced me and he will provide for me with so much faith that it almost astounds me to where, when I feel about aligning with open arms, when I feel about, let me talk about who they are and what they are. I don't feel this, um, this pity with the people and the children there. I feel almost like a companionship of if I could just get enough wind underneath the soles of my feet like they have and believe and trust the Lord like they believe and trust in Him, then what in the world could we do in this in this world together? I mean, it is it is phenomenal to think how much they challenge just me as as a person of faith and a person of faith in America that comes from privilege. And that comes from fortunate circumstances to be able to say, there is nothing in me that is better, but there is an equality and an equal playing field underneath the thumb and the hand of the Lord and what he's doing in both of us. That's so good and so true. And one of the things that I would add to that is just the sense of family mm. and the sense of community. Yes. We, we've just lost that. You know, so often we've lost that in America. People can live next to each other and not even know their neighbor. Um, and here we take care of each other. We are family. You know, we we take care of each other. And man, I learn I learn that all the time. And I'll say that is the nugget. You know, people always say, "Oh, you know, you sacrifice so much. You must give up so much." But the truth is, no. The truth is I get so much from being here together and we are in this together and we are doing life together and we help our neighbors and we help our friends and we help our extended family members. And so that is just some of the joy that, that I get to live in this life here and that I get to see emulated to me every day. Man, it, uh, I'm just over here holding back the tears because I'm reminded of Ian who we interviewed on episode seven. So people got to hear his story 
And he was telling us how thankful he is for the mentorship he has at Open Arms. So when we're talking about investing in the younger generation, um, you're talking about those, having those foundational pieces of, of knowing who they are in Christ and whose they are. And I think about the school, which we briefly touched on. And you guys listening, Candace and I did a lot of behind the scene videos while we were there. So we don't <laughs> want you to miss those. So you should definitely check those out because we had fun um, teaching because we want to teach you guys about what they're doing there. It is Rachel, I don't know if you know this, but so we got invited in to go to the church and attend church at the village. And we were so honored and we got to share why we were there. And we tried to explain it. We were like, we have a podcast radio show and we're in the front of the church kind of explaining what we do. And one of the missionaries, um, he said something that made me sob my face off. And he was like, they are going to tell thousands and thousands of people about the stories from the village. And everybody in the church started clapping and like cheering. And they were so excited just to be able to share with the world what is happening at the village, because it really is so powerful what you guys are doing and what God is doing there. You know, we're, we're honored to have you guys partner with us in this season so we can just share to share what's happening because you guys not only are changing the village and the younger generation, but we saw firsthand how it's reaching beyond that, how it's impacting Kenya, how it's even the sustainability projects you have going on is even impacting the world. And we're just blown away. I love that. <laughs> I, you know, I love, I love that. And yeah, it's, it's well beyond our gates, you know, it's about being light and salt in our community, you know, and I've, and I've always said, and, you know, I get the opportunity to be a nurse. And so I use a skill that God has given me as a nurse, but I've always said that, you know, how can we tell people about Jesus if we're, if we're not helping with their practical needs and if we're not being Jesus to them, being the hands and feet of Jesus, in real, in person, that's the impact. Because then people want to want to know that Jesus, because they see Jesus, you know, as their needs are being met. They see Jesus in us and through us. And um, so, yeah, it's been just such a joy to see this community. Um, you know, there's drugs here, there's prostitution, there's alcoholism. These these ladies who are just trying to make a living, they have to be, they have to end up brewing alcohol just to try to survive. And so then when we can come together and we can, we can role model a better way, we can say there is a Jesus who will meet your needs, but then we can actually help meet those needs, you know, alongside of other neighbors in the community. It's a joy and a privilege to, to get to be here, to see the impact over now 12 years, living here for 12 years and just seeing the growth and seeing the impact and then to see the young people that you're, that you're talking about. Um, you know, I knew them when, and I knew, I know what their story is and I knew how they almost died or how like one of our priests didn't even speak when he first came because the trauma was so severe in his life. And then you get to just see who they are now, you know, that is a gift. That's just a gift. Well, you know, um, you're exactly touching on what's coming up a little bit later in the show. And that's what this episode is all about. It's about knowing the stories, knowing the children, knowing the impact. So y'all stay tuned. We've got way more stories in High Five at Storytime. But before that, we're going to jump into Won't He Do It?
segment will highlight your reviews and celebrate how God is using this podcast to make an impact, not just with our listeners, but globally with open arms as well. And don't forget, if you are loving the show, go ahead, leave us a review on Apple podcast or however you listen. We look at these, we look at them, we yeah. review them, we put them in the show. We need them. We need your help. We need right your now, help. We- We've got a five-star review. Five-star, but five-star, by the way. Hello. (laughs) Five-star. From P. Kylie. Um, She left this review, and she just says, love, love, and love. Hey, I have actually been to Open Arms Village twice. (gasps) Come on now, P. Kylie. We see you. She says, it is my absolute favorite place in the entire world. Also, I love y'all's podcast so much. Thanks for being real, honest, and authentic. You guys get to the core of life's many struggles, and I love that you go straight to the word for the answers. Well, P. Kylie, we love you, and we love your love for Open Arms, and the fact that you've been there twice. I don't think that's enough time. (laughs) <laughs> That's we need to go again. I mean, like, I feel like we can all go a million times and still feel like it's not enough. Um, but thank you for listening and thank you for your re- review. And once again, y'all, we'd love to hear from you as well. Hi, five, it's story time. Rachel, can you just share with us an impactful story from the village? Sure, sure. I'd like to share a story about um, one of our girls that uh, we're, we're going to call Jane. Incest um, in some tribes, sadly, incest happens. And in some tribes, it's such a severe offense that the child themselves are unwanted after that. And so one of our children that that came, and this story actually is repeated multiple times with so many of our children, her, she had a teenage birth mother and the birth mother who was 13 was home alone and she was raped by a cousin. And then she became pregnant and the family wanted to get rid of the baby. And so what is typically really common, um, particularly in that tribe, is that as the birth mother, because abortion is not legal and there's usually just kind of um, backward abortion places and that's a high risk. So the family will, will choose to have the baby born at full term and then kill the baby and dispose of the baby once the baby um, is born. And they often do they just cover the birth mother's eyes and then the birth mother just delivers the baby and then they usually take the baby and um, dump the baby down a latrine or dispose of the baby in another way and then pretend like life goes on as normal. Of course, there's usually no consequence to the man, to the perpetrator in this society. And so in this case, baby Jane was saved. And um, we have so many of our children that actually have a very similar story and God has saved them. And, you know, I always just think, what, what does he have for them? Like, who are they going to become? Because, you know, he took what was going to be certain death and he rescued them out of that, out of that situation. And so in, in this case, the neighbors um, heard that, that she was born and they were 
it conspired to to kill her. Um, but one good neighbor smuggled the baby away and then gave her to someone who gives her to someone. And then eventually we, through the government, we hear of a baby that needs to be rescued somewhere. And we can never really track that down because that baby wasn't wanted in the first place. And the family would not only reject the child, but conspire to kill the child again. So we don't, we, we stay quiet. We don't advertise, you know, we just, we, we just know the story and we kind of leave it at that. And so she's joyful. She's happy. She's growing and thriving. And we know that God has an amazing plan for her life. And so we're so grateful that we get to be part of her story. And in 20 years, you know, she's just a baby still in 20 years from now to, to see what God has for her. Can I ask how old she is now? How long has she been with the village? She's about um, just shy of two years old now. And so she's walking and, um, she was kicking the ball around the other day. She's that stable on her little feet oh that she was kicking a football or a football, um, soccer ball for Americans football here in Kenya <laughs> around the other day. I don't think any of us can listen to this without being stirred and moved and thinking about what you do is not just noble, but necessary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so easy for us to compartmentalize and to not hear your story. It's easier for us not to hear this, if yeah. we're being honest. Yeah. But it's necessary for us to hear it because how I'm I don't I'm just a sloppy mess. I don't know if you guys listening are, but how can we consider others if we look away? How can we consider others if we don't pay attention to the things that matter? And I'm excited we're talking about the hard stuff and I'm excited we're giving you guys listening opportunity to partner with us, to be on mission with us in this podcast season. We didn't, we're not making these episodes just to, to, because Candace and I think we're awesome at life where we want to impact the world. And I have to tell you, open arms coming alongside us in this season is not something we need to look away on. It's not. And this is like, we could tell you story after story in this own partnership that we've had in this season of like, God is in this. And we're inviting you guys to be a part of it too. So stay tuned on how that can happen. <laughs> you know, that's my daughter's story. My my almost twelve, my almost twelve year old tweeny. That's her story. I can't even imagine. Now, now you're gonna make me cry. I can't even imagine what my life would be like without her. You know. Well, this hits a really uh, tender spot in me right now, and I'm trying to keep it together, but um. Last night, as a family, my own daughter, uh, she was, it was nothing that was bothering her that's huge. Do you know what I mean? But I could tell she was trying to keep it together and not cry in front of us. And I just said, hey, come sit by me. Tell me why you're trying to keep things together. And she just said, I don't want to feel like a burden. Mm. And here you are rescuing young children that literally were seen as a burden and an inconsideration so much so that they are, they're in danger of still being taken out. And it was the hardest thing for me to look my kid in the eye and say, you are never a burden. And it's like open arms is doing that. It's like you're, you're pulling them aside and you're saying, don't you ever say that you're a burden? Like to hear your heart, even at the beginning of this story saying, I can't imagine 
what she's going to become. <laughs> like in 20 years down the road. This is the definition of considering others. You know, it, it, it's, it's the actual act of considering others. You know, consideration is a learned behavior. It is not something that comes natural to us. And that's something that we forget is that we're not just born with whether we're considerate or not. It is, we develop consideration. It's by actually looking and looking into the eyes and looking at the situation, looking at the problem. It's taking a gaze and a stare. And that's, that's something that we have to be mindful of. We're not just going to hap- happenstance upon consideration. It's a choice. It's a choice. We, we either look away or we look into And I'm so grateful that Open Arms looks into the lives of little girls like Jane. Um, And the fact that you're providing tangible consideration is insane. Hit a nerve. Hit a nerve in Candace today. All right. I knew this episode was going to be rough. In that Holy Spirit way rough. (laughs) You called in with your questions you shared with us your shoulds we just want to listen and maybe we can do some good you said what one thing we love about our podcast is that we're over here crying it's fine guys but you guys (laughs) you get to call in and we get to hear from you it's a way we get to hear hear from you, get to know you better and see how God is working in and through your life. And we had quite a few callers call in and take a listen to what they had to say. Hi, I'm Zoe and I have visited Open Arms International Village twice in the past three years. I came from Washington. Um, Going and meeting the people in this village was beyond incredible and it really began my personal road to success. Because of the village, I found my calling to teach, and now I'm in college to be a kindergarten teacher and go travel and teach in other places. The best part of giving to the village is getting to watch it grow and succeed, and you know that you're a piece of that change. It's a little thing that goes a long way. Hi, this is Evelyn from Texas, and I give to Open Arms International because as a Christian, I feel like I need to help the orphans. The Bible instructs us to do that, and I love the ministry in Africa. Uh, helping the children to have a safe place to live and teaching them about Jesus, showing them love. I just think that's so important. And I love being a part of that, and I would encourage others to think about that and to pray about it. Uh, I'm just blessed as a believer to be able to share. and not I'm not able to go to Africa, but I can help in this way. So I just thank the Lord that I can do this. Hi, I am Megan from Terrell, Texas, and I give to Open Arms Village. I am super thrilled by and appreciate their unwavering commitment to providing a holistic family model of care for the kiddos who come to the village, and I love hearing how you've partnered together this season. Hey, my name is John Rosenstiel. I'm a pastor of a church in Portland, Oregon, and my family and I have been supporters of Open Arms International for several years, and our church uh, is invested with Open Arms International as well. Uh, they're just an outstanding organization. I had the opportunity to visit the village a few years ago, and it totally reshaped my life. And I think about those kids often uh, throughout my weeks, and uh, I think that what Open Arms International is doing to serve them is, is incredible. And so 
delighted that you're there on uh, the podcast and I want to encourage all the listeners to go to the website, check it out and get involved. All right. Thanks so much. Bye. Thank you so much for calling. We love hearing yes. from you guys, especially those of you that support the village. Yes, yes. And heroes. Heroes. You are looking inward, like Candace was just saying. And if you decide also you want to support, we'd love to hear from you too. So give us a call and you might be featured on our show. And if you do give us a call and we don't feature you, we still want to share your phone call with open arms because I know Candace and I are so grateful and they too are so thankful for your support. Whether you're praying or participating actively financially, give us a call. Let us know about it. Our phone number is 315-308-0163. He said, what? He said, what? He said, what? Say it again. Say it again. He said, what? Oh, he said what is absolutely one of my favorite parts of the show, because honestly, it, no matter what we've set up until this point, this is really the bread and butter of what matters. So we always love to go and look into the word, the word of God, the Bible, the authority that it carries. And so when we're looking at this aligning of our should, like Jesus, the things that he does to show us that we should consider others, that's not just a concept that Jenny and I threw around and we're like, I think we should talk about this. Like <laughs> We actually got it from the Bible. What? If you look at... Philippians 2, verses 3 through 5. I'm going to read the Passion version of this, the Passion Translation. Be free from pride-filled opinions, for they will only harm your cherished unity. Don't allow self-promotion to hide in your hearts, but in authentic humility, put others first and view others as more important than yourselves. Abandon every display of selfishness. Possess a greater concern for what matters to others instead of your own interests. And consider the example that Jesus, the anointed one, has set before us. Let his mindset become your motivation. Um, I Come on, the word of God is powerful, right? Yeah. Um, the reason that we're basically talking with open arms today is simply this, is if we're going to do anything, call ourselves Christ followers, Christians, um, Jesus people, whatever you want to call it, uh, <laughs> the reality is this, we, we have to follow his example. And he says very clearly in the way that he lived and the way that he did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, he showed us that he needs to consider others, even looking to the interests of others more than our own. And um, we, we are honored, honored to partner with Open Arms because it allows us to do just that. It allows us to look to the interest of others more than it does our own. Um, and, and you know what, Rachel, having you on the show today, I know that you've said that you have a specific verse that you would say, this is the one that rises to the top for open arms that we love to say. So we want to know what is the scripture that's motivating and driving open arms that you go back to over and over again? You know, the verse that if you if you come here and you sit in the children's homes, um, any home, probably any time, you'll, you'll hear one of the kids quote this memory verse because they own it. They own it. They live it. And it's Jeremiah 29, verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And they've all come from crazy backgrounds. Um, rejection, abandonment, loss, significant loss. 
And yet they know that God has a plan and a purpose for their life. And they know that they can live their lives in hope. And so that really is our life verse here. That whatever, whatever we're looking at, whatever the circumstances in life are, that God declares that over us, that he gives us a hope and he gives us a future. And um, so we get to experience that and we get to live that together. Man, I love that so much. And this is this is the moment I'm excited about because you might be crying alongside us also <laughs> wondering, how yes. can I help give hope? What do they need? What can I, what I'm looking inward and I'm seeing that I can also consider others that I'm learning about and hearing about. And how do we align with open arms? That's the question we're all wondering. And we're giving you opportunity. You've learned about them all season. Check out their website. Check the videos of Candace and I in the village. Get to know what they do. And you know what? You giggle every time you say check out the videos. Because, because here's what people don't know. Those <laughs> videos are hilarious. If they're thinking, oh, no, they're going to be like the Sarah McLaughlin and the dog video. You know, in the arms of the... They are not. We, we went out straight full comedy on these. So we can't help but giggle every time we, we talk about them. We a dance party. Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> it's amazing. You guys are really missing out if you haven't seen those videos. I'm just Get kidding. on the internet now. <laughs> Stop what you're doing. Nothing else is important. Nothing Go. else is important. Except you guys becoming champions of hope. Yeah. You know what? The one thing that I love, Rachel, is that you have graciously given the opportunity for some people to get some incredible incentives when they donate. And I'm saying when, not if, because yeah. I really do believe that people need to align their should in this moment. If they're feeling that tug and, and I'm specifically listener, I'm talking to you. If you're mm -hmm. feeling that tug right now and you're saying, you know, I, I feel like I should donate. Yeah. Yeah, you should. We rarely say yeah. you should on this show, but you should. We usually say shut the shit up. Don't. Not right now. <laughs> Do it. Here's here's some fun th stuff that we're wanting to see come from this episode. We're going to be so transparent and honest with you in this moment. Our personal goal, Jenny and I, we want to see 100 people from listening to this show right now donate a monthly gift of $55 or more. We yeah. want to see you become partners with open arms and be able to really uh, invest in them in your lives. And and here's what what open arms is going to do. If you do that, the first 20 to become monthly donors at a, that 55 a month level, um they get a lovely handcrafted Kenyan nativity. Ooh. No, no, no. That's not nice. big enough for spots. That's not a big enough for spots. Nice. They are so they're so precious. Can I just tell you, there's nothing more sweet than at Christmas time being able to have something that is hand carved and it's beautiful. And it's just, I'm telling you, this is one of a kind. And for those first 20, not only are you doing the incredible work that uh, you're aligning with open arms, but that nativity is worth it. It's worth it. I feel it. like five people already donated in the midst of this since you said <laughs> it. So pick up that phone. I'm just kidding. Go on the internet. On the internet. Check yes. it out. Yeah, yes, it's so true. Good. <laughs> so good. And then, Jenny, what are the next um, level? I believe that if you give at least $25 um, a gift, that yeah. those first 20 also can receive something. What are they going to get? They get a beautiful banana leaf wall arts. And I have pictures oh. to show you guys. So this is exciting. Ooh. So you're going to also want to get on that as well. Yeah, yeah. And listen, it's not about the incentive. Some of you are like, 
nativity i'm in i'm in (laughs) (laughs) sign me up and maybe you are incentive people maybe you're not i would hope at the end of the day the incentive is really the the capture of being able to be involved with somebody and something that's doing the the work in the hands and the feet of jesus yeah so if you guys want to be a champion of hope visit www.openarmsinternational.org slash should And that was a mouthful. So we'll link to it in all the places. You guys click it and stick it, get involved. And if you can't commit to a monthly giving right now, you can always give a special single gift. No amount is too large or too small, but we, but get that. Yep. I get it. But also we're challenging you to get millions. So step up. (laughs) (laughs) Let's be, let's be a community that supports the needs and considers others. Just like Jesus does. And listen, when we're talking about considering others, I really want to consider our listeners here too. Um, We do want you to join the work that's being done in Open Arms Village. And I promise you, if you feel like I don't have enough, I don't, I can't give enough. When we also say no gift is too small, we really do mean that. We know the reach of how many people are listening right now. And your little can become a lot. It really can. And if you can give up one cup of coffee, if you could do the smallest thing of $11, that takes care of one child for one day. I'm telling you, your little will be a lot if if multiple of you do it. I just feel like we want to consider you with what you're going through right now, too. You may be in a financial hardship yourself, but I guarantee you we can all do something. Just something. Jenny, I'm just going to add one more thing as well. This is I have to say it. There are so many people that listen to this podcast and they are groups. They are communities. They yeah. are small groups. They're mom groups. They're friends. They get together and they talk and they, they chit chat about this show. Yep. And our Facebook group even. Yes. Our friends Facebook in there. Group. Yeah. Absolutely. So everything is possible in this technological world where you could give online, you could donate, you can go through a website, but I want to say something to the personal touch here. If you have a group that meets together, can you pray about specifically a number that God would give you that you could give to open arms together? Maybe there's a goal of something that you can do when you meet together that you're like, we want to really be able to give this dollar amount and we want to do it by this time, or we want to do this monthly and let's try that out while we meet together for the six months or whatever that your small group does. I feel like we forget how joyful it is, like how exciting it gets when we have goals with our friends and we do something that's outside of us. And we're like, look what we did. I mean, do you just, do you remember the joy that that kind of thing brings. For me, I'm just going to say it. My daughter draws little gift cards, like little greeting cards. And I'm going to have her try to um, sell some of those greeting cards and see how many she can sell in in like a short period of time and what we can do to donate to open arms. So that's just a little creative idea. Y'all get creative, get the things. And when you do find out that you're going to do something creative, let us know. We want to figure out what you're doing. And we want to highlight those things in our Instagram. We want to share. We want to be like, hey, you know what? We're going to share your link if you're doing something cute, like selling a greeting card, or maybe you've got a crochet bracelet or, you know, uh, something great, whatever it is, we want to share it. So let us know, be creative. I just know you have an opportunity to do something. Yeah. I love that because we've, we've introduced you guys to open arms all season. You've heard their stories. You've caught 
glimpses of, of us on video. You've now met Rachel. So now we're asking you, join us on mission. If you want to make stuff and sell stuff and be be involved, you guys. Yes. And again, you get to be a champion of hope right alongside us. 100 people, that's our goal. $55 a month. The first 20 people that do that, you get a bonus prize, a lovely handcrafted Kenyan nativity. First 20 to gift at least 25 a month, you get that beautiful banana leaf wall art. So act fast, my friends. We're in this together. We're on mission. And we're so excited to continually hear what God is doing in and through Open Arms. And we're so thankful you're going to be a part of it. Hey, let's pray. This week, we've been talking about considering others. So before we leave, we actually want to encourage you the best way we know how, and that is to go to the one who holds all the freedom, who empowers us to give and to consider others. So Rachel, we want to ask you to pray over our listeners, and then Candace and I would just love to pray over you and open arms after that. So will you lead us in prayer? Father God, I thank you for the body of Christ, Lord, and I thank you for women, Lord, and the way that you've created us, the, the way that you've made us relational, the way that you've made us better together. And Lord, um, things are going crazy in the world right now, and we recognize that. And yet, Father, we're so grateful that we have you and that we can have peace in you, that we can have joy in the midst of every circumstance. And that we can hold on to you and we can put our trust in you, Lord. That you knew we would be here in this moment right now today. And that you are more than enough for this moment. And so, Lord, you know each and every need that's represented. And you know where these wonderful, amazing women are, Lord, in their lives, in their walks, um, their fears, their anxiety, and their concern. And so, Lord, we just give it all to you, and we thank you, God, that you are enough. We trust you, Lord, with us. We trust you with our lives. And we thank you, Lord, that you are our provider, and we can look to you, not the world economy, not um, what the news says, Lord, because we know who has, has the final say. And so we trust you with that, Jesus. Father, I pray that you would just bless Jenny and Candace. Lord, I thank you for your word and your joy and and how you are using them to tell your story and your story about people in so many ways and your story of hope, God, for so many lives, including lives here in Kenya. And Father, I just pray um, that you would bless and that you would pour out your favor, God. And I, I thank you, God, um, just for your provision in every way. In Jesus' name. Yeah, Father, I just, I come and I just ask for the 100 people that are listening right now that are those $55 a month people. That, that they already know it. They feel that tug in their heart. They know that they're hearing from you. God, I ask that you give them courage and boldness and the ability and resource them to be able to align with what you're doing in Eldoret, Kenya, with what you're doing in those lives of simply the Janes, the ones that have been overlooked but are now seen, the ones that have been abandoned but are now taken in, the ones that have been um, without hope but are now full of hope, brimming 
with a hope and a future. Um, Father, I pray for our listeners that you would um, speak clearly to them in how they can give and what to give. Um, and Father, I think the greater thing that I'm asking for, um, for our listeners and for myself and for our friends at Open Arms is just to continually be people that, that consider others, that look to the needs of others. Um, Father, it is really, it's one of the most simple ways that we can actually show this world that we belong to you. Honestly, you tell us that people will know that we are yours by our love. And what greater love has a man that him should lay his life for his brother. So God, we, we give in a way that's sacrificial. We give in a way that honors and we give in a way that considers others and what they're walking through and who they are and how you've created them. Um, Father, for open arms as a whole, we pray for this organization that they would not only find themselves resourced um, and that they would find themselves with new donors, but God, that they would find themselves like overflowing with more than we even hope or imagine from this moment. That literally the the problem that they would have at the end of this airing wouldn't be that not enough came in, but that so much came in that they're saying, yes, we've got to figure out bigger and better and we've got to build and we've got to do things to provide more homes and more children a place to come in. I ask that that be the holy frustration. And I ask it in, in faith, knowing that you're aligning some people already and you're moving their hearts to give. In Jesus' name, I ask this. Uh, the whole time we're praying, I just have this stirring in my heart that perhaps somebody listening felt when we were talking about um, just being seen and being considered and not feeling like a burden. Maybe somebody listening has thought, has gotten kind of like tightened up and was like, oh, well, I'm not being seen or I feel like I'm a burden. And this conversation felt different for you because you feel like you haven't been seen or you've been overlooked. And I just want to pray over you that you know that God sees you. I want to pray that you have this foundation that Rachel was talking about. You have a foundation that you are seen by Christ and that his love for you is everlasting and that he sees you, he cares about you and he cares about your needs just like he cares about the needs in Kenya. So I pray that that becomes real for you today and that Ooh. you know just how seen you are. And from that place of being seen by a God who loves you, you're able to begin to see others. Yeah. So if that's a concern you've been having this episode, we pray that be gone right now in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, God, what you're doing in Open Arms. We thank you that we're able to partner with Rachel and the Open Arms team, God. And I just pray just for wisdom over Rachel as she leads this organization. I pray for uh, strategy over her. And we thank you, God, and we praise you for what you're doing. I believe this is just the beginning of massive like partnerships and just greater things to come. We love you, God, and we love the people of the village, and we're honored to be a part. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Whew. We say this almost every single week, but y'all, seriously, if somebody resonated with that word that Jenny just prayed over and you said, that's me, I felt like I've not been seen. I felt like my story is even similar to ones. And I wish that I'd had the opportunity that Open Arms is giving these children. Reach out to us, um, please. We can we can handle your direct message. We can handle you coming in and, and giving us your story and trusting us with that. We would probably never share it online unless you said, I really would love for you to. We just honestly want to know so that we can know who we're speaking to. Um, we know that God gave us this platform for a reason. He gave us this podcast for a reason. And uh, we understand that once you understand your value in the kingdom, in the, in, in the way that God sees you, 
it does equip you to be a giver. It equips you to be somebody that participates in offering more to this world. Y'all, we couldn't be more honored. Rachel, thank you again for your time with us today. Yes. Yes. Okay. And one more thing. Where can we go? Where can we go to make those donations? Thank you so much for having me on. And you can go to openarmsinternational.org slash should for more information and to be champions of hope. That's right. We are. We are going to be champions of hope. Listen. I cannot wait to see what comes. We'll keep you updated the moment that this airs and y'all just keep on looking for us on the gram and on all the socials. <laughs> and until we see you again, until you hear from us again, shut the should up, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. To share your should, call 315-308-0163. And you may be featured on an upcoming episode. If you've been inspired to stop shooting yourself, head over to iTunes and write a review and just give us all the stars. If there's one thing you're going to should yourself with, you should subscribe to our show so you don't miss an episode. See you next time.